Nick Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. All right, well, smack my bottom and call me Jerry. I am so <laughs> stoked to be hanging out with my great friend, Hannah Hampton, today. Hannah, how are you? Mick, I'm doing great. How about you? Well, I think I'm doing a little better than you were uh, <laughs> fairly recently here. So I am loving this, and I'm loving it because you're home and you're safe and yes. everything's fine now. But there's been, uh, seems there's been a lot on the news lately and social media about airline travel. And it seems like there's a reoccurring theme with American Airlines and some of their traveling mishaps or dis dissatisfied passengers, and I am going to give it to my good friend Hannah Hampton here, who I know has a great adventure that she wants to share with us. Um, So tell us about your recent trip to New York, Hannah. Okay, well, you know, I had a a great, I had a great trip. It was a personal trip. It was not business related, uh, where I took a trip with my mother to New York City. We wanted to do uh, some fun Broadway shows, spending some time at great restaurants, do a little shopping, Central Park, all of that great stuff. And yes, we had, we flew via American Airlines. Now I'm going to- Hold on, I want to cut you off real quick because I I know that I'm going to smack myself later if I don't uh, ask this, how's mom? She's great. I, uh, we had a wonderful time and she is- She's doing quite well, loving life. <laughs> All right, so you're traveling uh, yes. to New York with your mother. Mom's a little older because we're getting older, so yes. you know, that's how that works. So go ahead. Yes. Uh, wanting to enjoy as much of New York as possible, I planned morning flight to get there and evening flight to get home so we could enjoy the bulk of the travel days. So 7.30 p.m. flight out of LaGuardia, uh, and I'm not going to mention the airline too much more just for the uh, fear of litigious reasons. But uh, 7.30 flight, we board the flight. We knew it was somewhat delayed, not too concerned about it. Sit on the flight. Notice it's really hot. It's very hot on the flight. Well, fast forward two hours, 45 minutes later, we were sitting on the flight with no air conditioning, no ice. We got some water about two hours in or maybe two, one and a half hours in. No communication from the flight deck as to uh, why it's so hot, when we're going to go, nothing. Uh, it's it's pretty scary because at one point I thought I was going to have a panic attack because I was so hot. And again, my mom's a little bit older. I was worried that she was going to get pretty sick because she, uh, you know, up there in age. Okay, so I know that I'm I'm kind of going all over the place. So I'm going to fast forward two hours, 45 minutes. They decided- Well, hold on, hold on, hmm. because, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's always a way that this type of situation can not be so terrible. So, so you're on the tarmac, you're over, you know, I would, I would lose it, you know, 40 minutes in at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm bad. I'm impatient. I'm known to be this way, but I mean, did you at any point ask what was going on, at least about the AC? Yeah. I mean, you know, delayed, that's one thing, but you're, you're baking on a plane and yes. baking what, on a plane for sure. So at one point, the flight attendant's coming by, and and I know that this is tough on them, but I, I, I asked her, I stopped, and I said, hey, you know, can you tell me what's going on with the air conditioning? It's 
really hot and really uncomfortable. Can I have some ice? Well, she's like, well, there's no ice. And she got real snippy with me about the air conditioning saying, yes, we know the system froze. We're restarting it and we're going to get it as cool as possible. So, and here's my thing. I understand. I'm sure she had been asked a hundred times, but I'm a fan of communication. And I really wish that the flight deck, the flight attendants, somebody would have communicated with us about, hey, the air, we know the air conditioning, it did break, we're working on it. We got no communication. And then when we asked about it, we got our heads bit off. So it was a very frustrating situation. So note to anybody out there who works in the travel world, just communicate with your passengers. And that makes things better because that was the most frustrating part. We're sitting there two hours, 45 minutes, not knowing, are we going to take off? Are we going to go back to the gate? What's going on with the air conditioning? They really, over the two hours and 45 minutes, I think we got two, maybe three announcements. And again, none of them talked about the, the situation with the air conditioning. And again, very uncomfortable. I, I'm somebody who gets hot and I overheat and I've, I've had times where I've been dehydrated and it's not pretty. And it was the most, it was so uncomfortable, but two hours, 45 minutes. I did, I ended up, I did watch a movie. Um, so I, I did have that going for me, but it was kind of, I, it was kind of hard to watch when I was, I was frustrated and, and wondering, am I going to get to get home? Well, and so, you've got to hide the YouTube from mom who's right next to you, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the Pornhub. Hannah's uh, watches some very sure. you know, specific <laughs> genres. So, I, you know, it's hot. Your mom's next to you. So yeah, you've got to, so you've got to be careful situation. there with, you know, the inappropriate videos. So finally, like I said, I've, I've said two hours, 45 minutes a million times. But I was told or my understanding is if you leave people on the plane for three hours on the tarmac, then you can get fined. So I feel like it was pretty. Uh, there was the reason behind two hours and 45 minutes is because the airline didn't want to get in trouble for keeping us on the tarmac for that period of time. So we go back to the gate. So mind you, it is probably about 10, 45, 11 o'clock when they would deplane us. And they said, you know, we're going to delay, delay. They kept on delaying our takeoff time. So we're back in the gate. We're in LaGuardia. The airport is clearly closed. There's no place to buy drinks. Uh, everything is shut down. I felt bad. There were some kids on the flight that were sobbing. It was a crappy situation. So we're out there. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And all of a sudden, that, that those big words popped up on the screen, flight canceled. So everyone makes a beeline to the desk to rebook. And my mom was already up there, I think, anticipating this. So we were about third or fourth in line. So we get to the ticket agent and say, okay, when can you rebook us? And, and they said, okay. Uh, now, mind you, I had a direct flight from LaGuardia to my airport. So they said, okay, we can rebook you. And it won't be direct. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be in two days. So two nights, uh, I'd have to stay extra in New York. And I said, okay, two nights, great. Uh, what about vouchers for hotel rooms? Because you canceled our flight. No apology, a little bit snippy. It was the weather's fault. It's not American Airlines' fault. No vouchers. So they want us to stay in New York, New York for two more days. Now, mind you, this is around 4th of July. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be busy. Security is going to be insane. So I was not super happy. So two days later, now I know, and I asked them, I said, why can't you get us any flights tomorrow? They're like, well, we have flights. We just don't have seats. So I knew that that 
given we were fourth in line, I have a whole stack of what's going to be angry people behind me. So I grab my phone, I fire up my app for my Hilt for Hilton. I found a Hampton Inn pretty close to the airport. I think it was the LaGuardia Airport Hampton Inn, and I'll tell you a great story about that in a minute. And I uh, called my husband, who is my hero, and I was somewhat uh, uh, frustrated saying, hey, our flight's canceled. American can't get us for two days, not even direct. What can you do? And he, he's a Delta guy, so he got on the horn, got us for the next day, two seats at noon, direct, uh, in, the, in a beautiful part of LaGuardia. I have to say, Delta gets my gold star for being a great airline. It was a great experience, but uh, I have to say, I'm really frustrated with American Airlines. I used to be a loyal I used to be one of their loyal customers. I stuck with them. I had lots of points. I've taken many flights to them. I've flown to Hawaii. I've flown all over the place, long flights with American. And and I have to say, I'm just, I don't know what's going on, but their customer service is bad. I called to get, to cancel my rebooked, not direct flight and asked, what can you do for this? And, and the lady was snippy. She's like, this is reservations. You need customer service. I can't do anything for you. And I have to say, no, I got, I feel like I got zero apologies from American Airlines for the crappy situation. And I, I, I kind of, I did, I tweeted at them. And all I said was, you need to treat your customers with dignity and respect, do better. That's all I had to say is just do better. But on the happy note of doing better, when I got to the Hampton Inn, uh, the front desk guy, his name was Kenneth. Again, this is at the Hampton Inn in LaGuardia. I Kenneth is getting the shout out. Kenneth is getting the shout out. I was frazzled. I was exhausted. It was after, it was probably almost one o'clock in the morning. I came up to him and I had lost my status because I haven't been traveling for work anymore, which uh, I'm enjoying not having to travel for work so much. But I go to the front desk. I know I don't have status. And I said, hey, Kenneth, I've had a bad day. Could you, can I trouble you for a couple of bottles of water for me and my mother? Our flight just got canceled. It's terrible. What can you know? Can you can you just please uh, let us have some bottles of water, which I know is usually reserved for gold and above members. And he's like, of course. And you know what usually makes things better is cookies. And he gave us both two, you know, he gave us two packs of cookies to share as well, and was so kind and gave me the just the sweetest disposition. I have to say, the gesture of cookies, which is so small, and then his kindness. Again, the smallest gesture, it meant the world to me, and it really turned things around for me. And just out there, I want American Airlines to hear this. Sometimes if you treat people with a little bit of kindness and dignity, it turns things around. So Kenneth turned it around for me. I sent Hilton a really nice letter because I want them to realize that they have got a great employee. And so that is the silver lining to my crappy travel story. You know, we have taken our time and put out the podcast in a very limited basis because we're learning what we're doing. And one of the things that we minimally covered in, you know, I've had people reach out and ask me is how this came about. What I love to share about this is the whole point of Hannah and I doing this podcast. Hannah and I at different times have had you know, things at work that drove us crazy. We've worked together. We've yes. 
also been support for each other in uh, our different roles and responsibilities. And sometimes you seem to be in you know a great situation and happy at work when I'm kind of like, uh, and then vice <laughs> versa. So we've talked each other off the ledge quite a bit in the years that we've known each other. Yes. And that is how this came about because I opened, I wanted to open this podcast with the type of conversations. This is how you and I typically would talk to each other when we're on the phone or at the desk, at our desk. And then we're uh, we're able to ask each other things about work. And HR is not an exact science. Neither is recruiting. And there are times where you just have to bounce things off people and see if you're handling it the most appropriate way. Now, when I said it's not an exact science, there are things that obviously are very black and white when anything to do with compliance and documentation and, you know, anything we're doing to make sure that we're there ultimately to protect our companies and our brand. And we can't forget that we are support and the biggest debate between operations and HR and recruiting sometimes is operations will tell us, well, you're here to do what we need you to do because you don't generate, you're not a revenue building center, but we are a revenue and sometimes company saving center because we prevent people from doing stupid things (laughs) that could cost our companies tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to worst case scenario, seven figures in, you know, liability, lawsuits, et cetera. So every once in a while, we just have to vent. And sometimes it's just traveling. Traveling can be awful. There was a time, a period of time where I traveled every week and I loved it. And that was quite a while ago. And travel is no longer that fun, that much fun. We're not going to name this the anti-American airlines episode of the podcast, but, and there are all the airlines have had, have been in the news for different reasons. But what it comes down to is I think sometimes people forget what their role is. And that is what it comes down to. When a company stops remembering that they're there to take care of their customer, the flyer or the person staying at the hotel or the company that you're protecting or the associates that you're protecting to make sure the company is treating them appropriately. Sometimes we have to be reminded of what we get paid for. What is our role? And I do sometimes people and customer service forget that. Right. Safety is your number one concern in air and airlines travel because that's that's really important. And like I've been in situations where flights have been delayed or canceled or whatever due to uh, mechanical issues where there was an issue with the plane. And I hey, I have no problems being delayed if it's my safety, but communicate it or treat the customer with a little bit of dignity and respect. And that's all that I'm asking for, because, again, I want to get to my destination safely. I and I know that that's the number one priority. But again, it's just remembering that your customer is important and we deserve to be treated with respect. And I felt sitting on this airplane with no air conditioning was with it, it. It was not. I didn't think it was the right way to tr- to treat the the customers. And and they should have at least communicated it. That was the part. That's where I feel like the lack of dignity was not telling us what was going on, just expecting us to sit there quietly 
without asking questions I felt was disrespectful and not a dignified approach to uh, to treating your customers. So that that's my only my only complaint or what my biggest complaint I guess about about the whole situation was the lack of communication and the lack of respect. And there was recently a video, it was like a vlogger, and yeah. Utilad, I think, was the first website or publication to put it out there. And as of recording time, this video about having a bad travel adventure and going through almost the identical things that you discussed has 22,683,000 hits. So right. that is how many people want to see what someone else experienced. And, you know, once again, let's use it as a segue. So that was our rant. And, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not looking to bag on one company in particular. No. It just happened to be the company that Hannah had a god awful experience with. But like I said, there's a couple of different things. A, At the end of the day, customer service, HR, leadership, training department, always remember what your role is. When things get heated or you, for a minute, allow the emotion to get into your job, that's the biggest mistake you can make. And you always got to stop and say, what is my job? What was I hired to do? And if it's to keep the passengers from riding, you probably shouldn't be nippy with them. Uh, in, in, In the communication piece, I'm sure there is only so much they're allowed to share, partially litigious reasons because they don't want the a customer to be able to come back and say, quote them on something that was false, maybe. In this day and age, I'm sure there are they are limited with what they can say and it's frustrating, but you shouldn't see the frustration, just like you know, our team, our companies shouldn't know that. We, we are frustrated with them, unless it's part of the message we're trying to get to them. And definitely, we don't want our associates who are coming to us with problems to know that you know, we may not agree with what they're saying or we're frustrated about something else because we have to stop and put ourselves in the role. But the other thing I wanted to bring up from this is as travel seems to be becoming more and more unbearable to yeah. the point where I'm actually going to drive somewhere seven hours each way because I don't want to deal with flying. And before my cutoff was four hours, I'd say mm-hmm. if I can drive there four hours or less, sometimes I'd rather just do it just because you have to check in, et cetera, et cetera. But with the, K- K- the current state of the airlines, I've actually decided to drive somewhere seven hours and it's for a personal trip. It's for a long weekend. Because I just don't want to deal with it. I I just don't. So talking about travel and how difficult it is, we notice there's a shift in what's important to our associates and our team members. And so do you think we're at a time, Hannah Hampton, to where we can reduce business travel? Because do we really need to make as much FaceTime with our coworkers. There are times where we need to be on site and we need to make sure things are functioning and there are different roles where you definitely need to be there at least half the time. But do associates, employees, team members, do they still value the fact that you fly a day to come and spend a day in the office with them? Or would they rather have a one hour, two hour Skype with you and have that money spent elsewhere, whether it's 
getting them a better bonus program? Or what if you could even, as a company, roll out a reduction in travel policy with you give the employees an option of the amount of money that you were going to spend to come out and visit them six times a year? You're only going to come out three, and that financial differential might be donated or at least part of it to a charity or cause of their choice. What are your hmm. thoughts on that? Well, I love the idea of the philanthropy. So I, you know, that's just me on my, on a personal side. I think that's pretty cool. But I'd say the answer, like in many HR answers is it depends. I think that there is uh, things to think about when it comes to traveling, thinking about the environment and how much, uh, how much of a carbon footprint we're using to travel and if it's worthwhile. So there's that piece, the cost piece. Yes, is it, does it make the most sense to fly people out when it's a meeting that can be done via Skype or some other type of uh, conferencing system to get the minds together? Uh, you know, I look at it from, from two ways. I think that there are situations in which the travel, I think, is unnecessary if it's a shorter meeting, if it's something that truly is a day that can be done via Skype. But I also think about the employee connection piece, and I don't think that all travel should be eliminated because it's really important to have some face time, say, with your boss, with your team members. And I'm somebody who had, in, in a previous life, I had worked on a remote team where our team members were in various parts of the United States, and I actually very much valued the time that I got to spend with my coworkers because you build that rapport, you build those connections. And I feel like as we lessen the opportunities to have that connection with your team member, you are really risking people leaving because if they're not, if they're not feeling connected to either coworkers or the company goal, there is nothing that's gonna keep them from jumping to that next great opportunity. So again, my answer on that is it depends. I agree, and I'm gonna start calling you uh, Mrs. Vice President, you're becoming pretty political, uh, politically correct in the way you answer some of the questions. <laughs> I do think it depends. <laughs> but I think I, <laughs> what I what I think companies should possibly consider when it's not completely necessary, but it is for the fact of engagement or the purposes mm -hmm. of engagement. Maybe trying a trial run at letting the team members vote on it and determine, but you've still got to give them the same amount of time or more with interaction, but it would just be via Skype or via FaceTime right. or teleconferencing. And with big meetings, you and I worked for a company once that, and this technology isn't as expensive as it was back then, that had this virtual boardroom where half the table mm -hmm. and it had multiple cameras and I think there was a little green screen effect, but you sat at this half circle table with these yep. three monitors, life-size monitors, that when everything was turned on, it was like the hologram deck of the you know USS Enterprise, <laughs> where all of a sudden it became after doing it for three minutes, and they would project the other half of the boardroom, which which is across the country, and all of a sudden it only took about three minutes, and you felt like you were in that boardroom. It right. was so realistic. It was weird, but. That's for that was for the big meetings. Those mm -hmm. were multi-million dollar decisions being made. I think that if I tell my team 
I, w- I still need to spend time with you in person because I want to work with you. I need to see yeah. what you're doing on certain things, how you approach it. Sometimes it's even looking to see how someone's organized. But if I offer you two trips a year versus five, and but you're still going to get the FaceTime, if not more, because the amount of money I'd save, I could say we're going to do a biweekly you know, Skype or whatever. And this is in addition to the already you know, plan things and that, that interaction that you do with them for work via email calls, et cetera. I think that if we let our workforce vote on it when it was not a necessity, I think they might pick the FaceTime, save money, give me a little more phone, you know, communication as far as minutes. And because I mean, think about it, think about all the times you had to go meet your supervisor for dinner, they had to travel, their flight was delayed, so they don't come in and meet you, you lose that, that first day was going to be a half day with them getting in at one. Now they're just trying to meet you in time for your 630 dinner reservation. They're still struggling. I mean, that's like a one out of three occurrences where before that was like totally the exception to the rule. Well, I, you know, I had, I feel like I, I probably have an opposite, uh, I guess, uh, an opposite experience in that. And where I worked for many years, and you know this, in a remote situation, and I don't feel like I got enough time with my direct supervisor. And I, I would have appreciated more. And I think this is different than coming in for team meetings. But I, and I think that's, but I, I also feel like it's, it's very personal. Like some people... They don't want to have that one-on-one time. They want, they prefer to be left alone, but I'm a very social individual and I need, and I, I, my energy, I get my energy from being around people. So I always appreciated the FaceTime that I got with my supervisor and I felt in certain situations I didn't get enough of it. And who knows, maybe if I would have gotten more time with that person, I might have, uh, you know, maybe it would have stuck around a little bit longer because, again, like talking about those connections, I thrive in a, in a team environment. That's how I, my great ideas are not from sitting in a room by myself thinking. I get great ideas from talking out loud to other people, hearing what they have to say, building on those ideas. So I certainly am somebody who uh, enjoys that face-to-face aspect. But like I said, when it comes to spending money, it totally makes sense to me. When you can do it via Skype, via a teleconferencing room, I think that works too. But I also am old-fashioned, I guess, and appreciate when I can be in the same room as that other human being. Yeah, you know what that is, is that is your personal preference. And a good <laughs> leader would ask you, Hannah, how do you like to be managed? How, what kind of interaction do you prefer? Do you like more FaceTime? Do you like to be left alone? Do you, are you a Skype person? Yeah. And, you know, I just did that with my business partner and I approached her very delicately and I just said, you know what? We call each other more than we need to. Let's, um, how do you feel about using Skype? So that way we can Skype back and forth. And then when we do need to get on the phone, it's important because I don't like to type a lot. Anyone that's worked with Mm -hmm. me knows that if it's going to be something that can't be quickly figured out with five or six sentences back and forth, then I'm going to pick up the phone. But a good leader determines how their individual team members 
like to be managed and then do their best to manage accordingly. And that's something that I think we're going to spend a lot of time on in the next couple episodes. We're going to talk about things that your companies can do to retain people, build more morale, team branding. We're going to have some things that we're going to share, some things that worked and didn't work. And then ultimately, you know, fight or flight. What what happens? What are the stories you have of where you could have hung on a little longer, but nothing was done? So instead of you made a decision, instead of fighting it out to make this job the place I want to be, I decided to fly away. And you obviously didn't do it on American or you'd still be at that last job. <laughs> That is great. And I, hey, I'd like to hear from some of our listeners what uh, situations that they've been in that have been similar and what could have kept them from jumping ship. So certainly reach out to us. Let us know your stories. I, I mean, I, I, I definitely enjoy my conversations with Mick, but hey, I'd love to hear from some of our listeners as well. Absolutely. Shoot us an email at mail at hrafterhours.com. You may think that I'm a complete idiot and that FaceTime is the most important way to interact with your people when act when possible. And you, you may be right. I don't know. Uh, but we're definitely going to have some great things to discuss. I'm real excited about the upcoming podcast. And Hannah, I'm just glad you and mom made it home okay because what would what would we do if we didn't have your your infectious giggles and <laughs> your politically on point waffling? <laughs> well, I appreciate that and I'm I'm happy to be home. Sounds great. We'll talk to everyone next week. Bye.